Hey, everybody. Uh, hope you are having a, as good a week as possible. There's a lot going on in the world, and I was going, going to post a regular podcast episode this week, uh, actually one I recorded with um, PicFu talking about uh, testing. But given what's happening in the world, uh, I thought I should first upload this podcast. If you have uh, only interest in e-commerce and you're not interested, then go ahead and skip this episode. Uh, if you want to hear some wisdom uh, around um, what's happening in this world, how to cope with uh, feeling about it, and um, what we can do collectively to um, take action on it, then uh, I think you'll want to listen to this episode. Uh, this was a Zoom call with one of my mentors, uh, David Guillaume, and um, it's a 28-minute recording that um, you know I think is really interesting, especially if you are into spirituality uh, and growth uh, and mindset. Uh, I think you'll enjoy this. This is obviously related to the uh, war happening um, in Israel and Gaza, and um, you know, I think this is a uh, a talk that uh, doesn't really get into the politics of it, but it's more so how to think about it on a spiritual ener energy uh, level. So with that, uh, I'm not going to put a sponsor or anything this week. I'm just going to play this episode. Uh, if you feel you like this type of content on the podcast, let me know. Uh, and the next episode out next week, we'll be back to talking about uh, e-commerce. But um, I think a lot of people can benefit from listening to this, which is why I am uh, sharing this. So with that, um, you'll hear from David Gim, who also happens to be the founder of Mary Ruth Organics, a, a nine-figure brand that's in Whole Foods, D2C, Amazon, very successful. David also happens to be my Kabbalah uh, mentor. Um, and you could check out uh, Kabbalah One, uh, taught by David. Um, I will put a, uh, a link for that in the show notes um, as well. Uh, so with that, uh, enjoy this uh, episode, and um, I would love to hear your feedback. Okay. I think we can start. Um, so I thought to just uh, approach this in a way that could be most beneficial uh, for all of us. And I, I assume most of us here also have some experience with the spiritual wisdom of Kabbalah. So you know kind of a little bit about energetically what's going on and, and the value and importance of having consciousness. So I, I thought to kind of really break it up into a couple points. Number one is that all of us have to kind of get to a place where we are able to handle two ambiguous opposing points of view or levels of consciousness all at the same time. So for example, on one hand, on a micro level, it's very important to feel the feelings that people are feeling because everyone's being triggered in a different way. So there's confusion, there's sadness, there's fear, there's grief, there's anger. And it's incredibly valuable and healing to actually feel those feelings. 
and not numb those feelings. So for example, like I remember having a, a friend who suddenly had a very close friend of theirs pass away. It was very sudden. And I remember that this friend that day uh, medicated themselves. I don't know what it was. I think they they smoked they smoked something or they took something to to numb the pain. And what happened was uh, they did that for a couple of days, and about a month later they were kind of waking up in the middle of the night, and their and their body was convulsing. And so, eventually, what the doctor shared with 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 my friend was that because he didn't appropriately allow his body to feel what it was feeling and to to kind of self-regulate itself and and instead they were numbing the feeling this feeling and these emotions eventually came out in a, in a different way causing this person not to sleep uh, not to be emotionally in a good place so what we have to understand is that part of our spiritual work is to feel these feelings, right? It's, it's, a, it's a human moment. It's not uh, negative. It's not positive. It's important. And, and so that's the first thing that I think that, that we need to acknowledge is that whatever you're feeling, allow yourself to feel it. Reacting from it is a, is a different story, which we're going to talk about. But how important it is to actually acknowledge that you're feeling something. So if, for example, you are confused, you should be able to tell yourself, I'm very confused. And to, to give it validity. Because everything comes from the light of the creator. Even our feelings are coming from the light of the creator. So we need to acknowledge it. The problems always come up when there's diversions and people are... Uh, all of us, we are finding ways not to connect to what's going on. Uh, we also know that time, space, and motion is an illusion. So if we're thinking about the future or we're, or we're dwelling on the past, we're also not healing. So we have to be present. Most people are present when things are good. And when things are painful, they want to disconnect from the present. So this is important because whatever we disconnect from, we have to repeat for, in our own lives. So I'm speaking really just about us now and, and what we can do to, to not completely spiral out of control or make more mistakes. Because this is a time also when people can sow more seeds of negativity, which then cause more problems, both on a global level and in our own personal lives. So that's the first thing, to acknowledge that things are horrible, they don't, um, they, they, there's just horrible. There's nothing really much to say about it. It's very bad. And this very bad situation is making us feel a certain way. And it's important to feel it. That's the first thing I wanted to say. And that takes practice. And as soon as you start to see that uh, the emotions come up, you should just sit down and, and meditate on feeling it. And this is also part of the mourning process. And it's very spiritual to mourn. When a person passes away, it's mandatory to spend at least that first seven days to allow the body and soul to go through its separation process. A, when a person passes away, there's a separation that's happening energetically between the two souls. And so the acknowledgement of mourning, as opposed to just jumping back into work or jumping back into life or self-medicating or numbing ourselves, 
um, is allowing a healing process to occur for these two souls to separate in a balanced way. And in many ways, this is very similar to a mourning process. So that's the first thing I wanted to acknowledge. The second thing that is important is that, and I always tell people who have big ideas, big goals, and big visions, um, you should create micro wins in your life if you want to create macro wins. People, every success story starts with a micro win. Every success story starts with a micro. What does that mean, a micro win? It means that we have to make sure, starting from our own home, that we are doing our best to create unity in the home. So let's start there, in the home. In the home means your romantic partner or your spouse or your relationship. It means your children. It means your parents. It means your siblings. And then it means your friendship circle. And then it means your broader community. What are we doing to maintain a positive consciousness, unity? What are we doing now to remove separation? Because we have to also understand why pain happens in the world. Pain happens in the world to move the world towards higher consciousness. Why? Because for whatever reason, we didn't decide to move towards higher consciousness. Either we weren't motivated enough, we didn't see the benefit of doing it, we're too busy. And so we're not fighting for higher consciousness, not fighting for unity, because we didn't feel the, the need to. When pain comes, and by the way, are we, are we, yeah, we're, we're recording this. When pain comes, it's amazing how spiritual we become, but we have to understand what that means. What, is, what are we teaching the universe? What signal do we give to the universe? The signal we give is, hey, look, I'm just gonna live my life the way I want to live it. But if there's pain that disturbs me, you better believe I'm gonna become spiritual. You better believe I'm gonna help. You better believe I'm gonna support. You better believe I'm gonna donate. You better believe I'm gonna love my fellow. Even though we were fighting the day before, I'm gonna join with them. But we, we have to understand we're teaching the same way you, if, if your person has a, an, an animal, a, a dog, the dog is only gonna be as good as you train the dog. Right? If the dog is chewing on the furniture and you give him a treat, you educate him to chew on the furniture. How do we, what's our relationship with the universe? Our relationship with the universe, all of us, is that we become more spiritual. We become more loving. We become more unified when we suffer. When we suffer. And so... It's a, very, it's a very powerful and important spiritual concept because what, what we need to commit to ourselves in order to not only bring miracles in the current situation, miracles, like we need miracles. We need the light of the creator to be involved in our, in our cities here, in our schools. Like my kids are home from school today because there's fear, but we need miracles. We need protection. Police, it's not enough for police to protect. If you notice, it's not even it's not even enough for armies to protect. Right? Arguably, some people say the smartest, most well-equipped 
one of the most well-equipped armies in the world didn't see it coming. What does that mean? It means that there are things happening on a spiritual level, on a, on a macro level. Humans cannot just try to protect themselves physically. There are spiritual laws that, that, are, that are in existence and we have to aim to live by them always. So going back to what's important is in your own life, in my own life, what am I doing to maintain consciousness certainty, for example? No matter what you do, no matter what you want to feel, you have to also say, ah, but I have certainty that everything's going to be okay. I don't know what that means. We don't know how, we don't know when, but what good does it do to have doubt how does that help anyone in the world? How does that help you? How does that help your nervous system? How does that help your children? How does that help your friends? Doubt creates more chaos. So in parallel to whatever we're feeling, we also need to have certainty. We need to remind ourselves that the end result will always be good, whatever that means. We don't want to try to figure that out. We have to realize that good consciousness is also not creating separation, not pushing people away, but pulling them towards you, right? It, it's broken down to, are you pushing or are you pulling? We, this is a time where we have a tendency to um, become more, uh, more negative towards other people. We will be uh, hurtful. We will say things, we will post things that are hurtful and the real question is, can I get to a place where I feel the light of the creator inside of me before I do anything? So I'm not saying post, don't post. I'm not saying educate, don't educate. Whatever you feel you need to do, you should do. But if you're asking how our actions can be successful, how our message can reach billions, how the energy can remove the darkness, it's that everything we do, the light of the creator should be behind it, which means I have certainty. I don't have hatred in my heart. Or even if I do have hatred, I'm able to compartmentalize it and, 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 and write a message that is coming from a wholesome place, a powerful place. We know that if a fighter walks into a boxing ring, and he's agitated and angry and hurt, this fighter is gonna lose. Anger doesn't make you win a fight. It actually disconnects you from something very powerful that you need to win the fight. You see that these, these, these fighters, professional fighters train their mind to be hyper-focused. And the technique that fighters use against each other is to get them off their game. You see this in, in, in basketball with, when, when Michael Jordan would get in the heads of his, of, his, of his opponents. Get in the head, get them angry. Because when someone's angry, they make bad decisions. So we need to be very careful that our anger, that our pain doesn't cause us to make poor decisions. And for example, if you were to donate, this is the example I think is powerful, you were to donate um, humanitarian aid to Israel, 
from a place of anger, fear, and hurt, your aid will probably get stuck in the border, get lost, or be part of some kind of fraud. Even though your intention was good, if the decision to do something is coming from anger, pain, or hurt, the light of the creator isn't part of that. So why is it that so many good things happen, but they get stuck and they don't actually reach its intended destination? Is because of the energy behind what we did and how we did it. So this is just more consciousness. It's all about consciousness. If you're sending, for example, uh, even weapons, if you're sending weapons, inject consciousness into the weapons. Why? Because it's the light of the creator that's going to solve the problem. It's not that gun or that food or that donation. Your donation could easily go to 99% admin costs and not even help. Well, what's going to determine that? It's your consciousness. It's not the organization necessarily. So this is very, this is very, another thing I really want to just remind all of us because at the end of the day, all that matters is our consciousness. We came to this world to elevate our consciousness. So are we now going to suspend those spiritual rules because there's something that's horrible? You know, in Kabbalah 1, we learn Kabbalah and spirituality is not just for like those problems like, uh, you know, I'm having a bad day or, you know, my, 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 I, I, I can't find my soulmate. I'm dating so much and I can't really find someone. That's not what Kabbalah is about. It's universe, universal law, meaning for the whole universe all the time, no matter what we're going through. So for those of you who have taken Kabbalah 1, remember the, the spiritual laws that we have always learned. That juxtaposed with it's okay to feel whatever it is that we are feeling is completely normal. I mean, personally, even myself, I thought I had it together and I totally lost it this morning for like half an hour. But that's, that's what you do. You just, you allow yourself to feel it. Um, before I continue, are there any questions or anything that uh, anybody, want to sh anybody wants to share or ask? I'll, I'll, add, I'll add one more thing. Well, I was talking to somebody and I was sharing that, you know, when I, when I was 15 years old and I found Kabbalah, I said to myself, wow, this is so powerful because I want to be able to impact the world, my life and the world on the, on the seed level. And when I learned that everything starts on a spiritual level, then I thought to myself, well, why am I going to go to business school? And just try to deal with the physical world of trying to make money and being successful. When, if I start at the spiritual level, I'm going to have more. I mean, it was just the calculation in my mind. If I can deal with things on the spiritual level, then, I'm, I, then I've already covered the physical. But if I'm just going to deal with the physical, well, I'm at a severe disadvantage of creating the miracles I want in my life and in the world. And so from an early age, the Kabbalah Center taught me Stop fighting the shadow. Stop fighting the effect. Stop fighting the physical cancer. Find where the spiritual cancer is. King David said, 
It is easier for people to go out to war and physically give up their lives. It is easier than it is for someone to look at themselves and overcome their fears and their anger and their hurt. It's easier to become soldiers in a physical war than it is for people to kind of confront their own issues. So this is something that we have to not just remember now, because I saw this happen in 9-11 to all of us. I see that you see this happen with every natural disaster. People become spiritual for a couple weeks, and then we go back, all of us. The, the, the other thing here is if we want to overcome negativity on a global level, what is my commitment to my consciousness, no matter what, for the rest of my life? Like, what's your commitment to your consciousness? Your commitment could be no matter what, for the rest of my life, I'm going to choose to have certainty versus having doubts. It could be my commitment is I'm going to stop being sarcastic to my friends. My commitment could be I'm going to stop screwing around in this one part of my life that I know I'm not taking seriously. So whatever, if you commit today to long-term consciousness, you also get yourself out of whatever pain you're getting, going through, and you also bring light to every part of the world. And just to say something about Israel, the Zohar says very clearly that Israel is the energy center of the world. And this is why everyone is fighting for this little land. It's because everybody feels the energy. Every religion wants this land because they all know this is the source of where energy comes from. It's an energy. And the, the job of the people in the land of Israel, the job is the spiritual work, is to elevate consciousness. Because if, if, the, if the people in the land of Israel are constantly working to elevate consciousness, no matter what, then light will be spread to every nation in the world. And the Tsar says that every nation is like an organ of a body that needs energy and sustenance from the land of Israel. And the Tsar says, who is an Israelite? It's not someone born in Israel. Who is an Israelite? It's not somebody who's Jewish. It's very interesting. The Tsar says an Israelite is a person who lives by what's called the three-column system, which is a balanced desire to share, a control over their desire to receive, and the ability to do restriction, which means to have certainty, to not engage in instant gratification, and to love your neighbor the way you love yourself, to care about people without an agenda. And it says a person who, who attempts to live by this three-column system becomes an Israelite and then becomes a source of light to all the nations in the world. My teacher, Rob Berg, had a close relationship. And it's interesting. You look at like the heads of the organizations of like Chabad or the, head, like the, 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 the leaders of these major spiritual organizations. They all have good relationships with different religions, different kings, different presidents. Because especially people at the very root of a spiritual organization understand the homogeny of souls. And it's not about one religion against the other. And I remember our teacher, Rav Berg, had incredible relationships with the, the kings and presidents, the prime ministers of, of Arab states. 
and different organizations that were not Jewish in any way. And that's, that's, that's ultimately what we're striving for is to solve all our problems on a spiritual level. Most people ask, well, I feel a sense of lack of control. I don't know how to help. By all means, however you need to physically help, you should help. But if you want to know what you have control over, it is your consciousness in your home. It's how you go to bed. It's how you wake up. It's how you show up at your job. It's how you show up in your community. And at the very least, we should be pushing ourselves to have a good consciousness. Me personally, I'm trying to take a, every couple hours and ask and audit myself. What's my consciousness? What am I feeling? How am I showing up? It's, it's not okay to, to snap at your kids. It's not okay to snap at your employees. It's not okay. It's not okay because that creates negativity and all those negative forces go up to the upper world and eventually manifest as war. Somebody asked me, like, how could someone like Hitler, for example, come to this world? And I remember hearing the explanation. Hitler was not, it's not a, it's not a person. It is an accumulation of billions of moments of reactive consciousness because this energy goes into the cosmos and it forms like a, like a, a spirit. You can give it a name, you can call it a terrorist. And this spirit now needs to manifest itself. So it manifests itself as terrorism or war or Holocaust. It's not a person woke up and said, you know, I'm going to do this. How does a person actually succeed in a Holocaust? It means that they had a lot of help. Well, where did this help come from? It came from collective reactive consciousness of the whole world. Became the funding, the spiritual funding, the spiritual fuel, the spiritual weaponry for someone to commit genocide or, or some form of uh, mass terrorism. So the way to overcome terrorism is to make sure in your home you have light. If everyone, I'm thinking about Los Angeles, if everyone in Los Angeles overcame their fears, overcame their, 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 their whoever, whoever, even if half the people did, the whole world would change. Right? Terrorists would die immediately. They would be diffused because it's all terrorism is just negative consciousness that's manifesting as a spirit that then manifests in someone's body. They have no free will, by the way. So you can't talk to a terrorist. There's no free will. It is the accumulation of negative energy. On a micro level, if somebody is attacking you in your life, suing you, trying to take your company away from you, trying to take your relationship, trying to take your money, all that is, is 5, 10, 15 years of reactive consciousness, instant gratification, fears, negativity, not dealing with my stuff, but then manifested as a human who's attacking me. Of course, you should defend, of course, you should defend yourself. Of course, you should fight back. Of course, of course, of course. But to realize where things come from, I think, is important. What's the source? What's the source of all our pain? And the source of global pain. So, uh, you know, I'll just, I see Christina, you're raising your hand. So um, I'll unmute you. And uh, there we go. Can you hear me? Yeah. Go for it, yeah. Thanks for getting on this Zoom. Uh, it's been powerful for me so far. I think my question is, um, you know, I understand on a on a spiritual level how to have acceptance of what's going on, but on a physical level, how can we hold space 
for those people in our lives that perhaps are with opposing views are our view and how do we hold space for that to exist let me ask you a question and i think that's a, I, I i i think people are looking for the right answer or the wrong answer and i think the wrong answer is to look for that i think what i always try to do is i ask myself a couple questions and you, you feel free to ask yourself these same questions. Before I make any decision, I ask myself, what would I do if I was dead? If I was dead, God forbid, and I was from the upper world looking down at the situation and I had no ego, I had no agenda, it didn't really matter anymore to me. How would I see this situation? There's actually something very powerful. When we're no longer alive and we no longer have our fears and it's really just our soul talking, we look at a situation differently. I asked myself another question. What if, God forbid, it was your child that all of a sudden took a opposing point of view about a situation that you care deeply about? Are you going to say death to my child? Right? You're, you now are in a very ambiguous state. On one hand, you completely disagree with what your child is saying. On the other hand, you love your child. That's a very powerful place to be. And... It's, it's hard for us to be in a state of ambiguity. We don't like it. If any of you heard my session with uh, Professor Rad yesterday, uh, two days ago, you know, cognitive dissonance is, is, is a cause of major shame for a lot of us. So I try, to ask, I try to at least balance my anger for someone by saying, okay, I'm angry with them. I totally disagree with them. In fact, I think they should be wiped off this earth. Now, my question is, if that was my child who had the same opinion, I, I, might, I might be like, well, I disagree, I'm angry. I definitely don't want them wiped off the earth. And then Rav Ashlag also says, Rav Ashlag says that every person in this world has a right to exist because they have a spiritual function as well, even when they're causing tremendous negativity and whatnot. Uh, that doesn't mean that people shouldn't defend themselves or there isn't killing in war. I don't want to get to that level. I'm just saying, like, we have to get to a place where as, as, a, as we don't make decisions in a, in a vacuum. Otherwise, we'll make the wrong decision and we'll just keep causing more problems. I, I'm, I love solutions. Everything I do, I just look for how do I solve the problem? I'm not looking for right or right or wrong means nothing. It just wastes time and money and energy. And it's, it's just people just do it to, to get instant gratification. How do we solve the problem? Um, and by the way, if you want to know the people who will solve the problem are the people you never hear from. People who have real power do not try to show the world they have power. And so we should say, keep a space for that also, that there are, there are people who are both physically and spiritually working on this problem. And they're not out there um, bragging about it or talking about it. And, and that's and it's good that we have people fighting for us behind the scenes. So I think we should take comfort in that. And the, and the creator will always balance negativity with light. There always has to be a balance of both. And so, and there's no doubt, by the way, that something, some great light will be revealed from all of this. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Everybody knows it on some level. 
Uh, we just have to make sure we do not prolong it by our own negativity. I hope that I hope that helped. Okay, uh, we'll do we'll do more of the uh, these calls. Thank you for jumping on. Uh, I know it's always last second, but uh, I'd love to hear your feedback on on how you would like to approach this in the future. I'm going to try to edit this and post a recording on on IG for people. Feel free to share it with your friends. Thank you, everybody.